Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis and New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So book publishing, I think that, I would think that's one of the hardest hit industries right now because of digital, right? Uh, book publishing is is not one of the hardest hit because uh, there's still an element of uh, um, education, especially if you're uh, publishing books for children. Uh, so, and, and education is still very much going on and there's a need for uh, homeschooling. There's a need for uh, teachers still carrying on their curriculum. So it's not, um, in terms of children's book publishing, it's... Um, I would say that uh, it's the the landscape has changed rather than uh, being very adversely affected. Mm, okay. Do you uh, only focus on children's books, or do you also uh, uh, publish non-children books? We only focus on children's book at the moment. But uh, if uh, if my publishing company uh, carries on um, as I envision it to carry on, I'd love to uh, publish um, uh, more uh, books that sort of showcase our culture, our language, and um, and and a big part of that is also uh, you know um, books for adults. Uh, and we we focus heavily on illustrated publishing. So uh, in terms of books for adults, I imagine um, really beautifully made picture books that uh, um, photo books that showcase like the beauty of uh, that part of the world. You know, one cool thing about photo books is that it's not just about reading. I think it's it becomes decoration too. Uh, I I see people uh, you know planting their children's books to you know all around the living room because it looks colorful and nice. Do, do you do you do you see that in in your customers? Do you hear that? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that we see is that a lot of people buy our our, our books as gifts, and it's because of it's the beauty of something that's colorful and illustrated. Uh, it, it just makes it like a much a better thing to give to somebody else and of course to decorate your house with like you're proud to own something like that and that's one of the biggest things that we go for that a really good design and um, well thought out uh, colors and uh, um, and layouts of, of everything that we're creating and it takes longer for us to uh, to work on a title for that reason but uh, it's worth it because that title becomes very important in terms of the content that's um, th- that you read and and what you see as well yeah, and in the other thing, I also I just realized also with children's books, we have more freedom with the shapes and sizes, right? I, I don't can't imagine an adult book having like a particular like a shape that you you can you know you have more um, freedom with with children's books. Do you mean um, shapes of the books? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Um, you know, oftentimes, like children's books will be like various different shapes. Uh, for because we're a fairly new publisher, we, we're trying to be very standard. Um, and by standard, I mean what a library could stock on its shelves. So, yes, we do go. We we do change the shape based on how the how the story is is looking, uh, and and how the illustrations are made. Some books call for like a wider view because you know there's a lot of scenery in there. So yeah, I mean there 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 is more um, freedom with in terms of shapes. You're right, but then also adult uh, photo books can also take on that form. Anytime you're thinking of visuals, it's much more. There's a just there's a lot more thought that goes into uh, the design and outlay of the book. So uh, yeah, there are, there are various shapes. 
Are you, uh, where did the name uh, Guba come from? Um, well, I, I grew up in Bangladesh and I, I've lived in North America um, since I started college. So from like about 18, I've lived in um, Canada and now the USA. But, but that means that my entire childhood was in Bangladesh. When I was, um, when I was little, um, uh, we had, um, and, and it's very common in Bangladesh for joint families to live together. So I, my, I lived with my grandparents and then we also had uncles and aunts coming and living with us. Uh, like, for example, um, like my dad's cousin, for, perhaps, who is going to Dhaka University, but their parents live in Chittagong. So um, one of my uncles uh, who stayed with us um, loved um, uh, watching films by uh, this very famous uh, Bengali Indian uh, filmmaker called Shotujit Rai. And in English, you know, he, he's known as Satyajit Ray. Um, and it, like just in short, people will just refer to Ray, to him as Ray, Ray's films. So one of his, uh, he made a children's film that was released in 1969 called Gupi Gain Baghabain. And when I was little, like growing up in the like late 80s and 90s, um, and my, my one of my dad's cousins, my 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 chachu was living with us. Um, he he really watched a lot of these films, and I sort of fell in love with this this um, this children's film. And I, I I was never exposed to really good quality um, movies or films in Bengali made for Bengali children. And so this was just a, a very strong memory that I have of my childhood. And so when I started this, um, it was in a way like paying homage to um, to somebody, to another creator who did something for children, like made these two, two characters called Gupi and Bagha. So yeah, mm -hmm. so that's kind of the secret story behind, uh, mm -hmm. behind the name of my company. You're really not going to like this, but there's this, I don't know if you know who uh, uh, Takashi69 is. Uh, he is this hip-hop artist that just came out of jail. And uh, he was, uh, long, I mean, if you Google it, you'll see. And the first song that he wrote, and it's, I think, the number one song in gangster hip-hop right now, it's called Gooba. Oh, no. You're right. I don't... <laughs> So uh, I hope uh, maybe maybe it'll drive traffic to your site. Um, I, I think it's I think it's it's spelled G O O B A. But I just uh, I was watching. I didn't want to watch it because it's horrible. But I was watching yeah. the video last night, and I thought, why does the name sound? I was like, oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's the publishing company. Uh, but uh, it's interesting. You'll 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 see it. It's really it's. I just I'm I'm definitely gonna look it up after we're done with this. But yeah, I don't think I want that kind of traffic in my site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I, you know, uh, people that listen to gangster hip hop also have children, I guess. So. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It could happen to be Bengali too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. But, um, but you, you were in corporate America before. Uh, what made you leave uh, the corporate world? I was in corporate Canada, actually. Um, uh, I, I, it's not like I left it exactly because uh, I worked in Canada uh, for uh, like a decade before, um, before we moved to the States. We moved to the States because my husband, um, he's an engineer and he, he got a great opportunity with his, um, with his company to, to move to Texas uh, like a few years ago. And uh, I was working for the, uh, for the government of Canada at that time um, on this topic, very, very adult, very adult um, uh, career I had called corporate governance. And yeah, so I completely moved into like, 
something very different from there. Uh, I, while I was working there, I was really thinking of starting a business on the side. Um, when uh, when my husband uh, got transferred by his company, uh, I essentially quit my job and decided that this would be this is a really good opportunity to you know just try this out. I was also very naive at the time. Like I, it's really hard starting a business. Mm-hmm. I think I think if I had known, um, I would have you know done a little bit more thinking perhaps. Uh, so. And I do have to tell you that it wasn't like I just started and, and everything with my past career just stopped. Uh, even as I uh, kind of launched this business in like late 2017, um, I, was, um, I was doing consulting work in, in the States, uh, on, uh, not with children's publishing, but with corporate governance work, the, the career that I previously had from my past life. So, so yeah, so um, it, was, it was a very gradual uh, progression from the corporate world to um, to to being self-employed, just doing consulting based on the skill set that I had, and then and now uh, fully just focusing on this business and trying to uh, trying to make it into something. Wow, you know, you know, it sounds like exactly the path that I've been taking. I, I left I left a full-time job, then I, I did consulting for a bit, and and now um, you know I'm trying to start my own venture. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it, it, we, should, we should talk. We should talk. We could share notes, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and, and I'm very familiar with corporate governance because I was in legal and compliance for a long time. Um, oh. And in a lot of firms, and that's what I did for the last 15 years, um, legal and compliance. And uh, a lot of, for a lot of financial services for banks, uh, corporate governance functions um, fall under the, the controls umbrella. So sometimes uh, it's like the sister department for compliance. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. It's, I know exactly what I I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, well, you know, it, so where is was that was uh, did you have support from your family to do that? It's not easy to leave. Uh, you know, a lucrative career. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how how was that like? How was the response from your family? Um, the response from my family initially, uh, my mom, uh, you know, she's always wanted me to do really well in my career. She was really happy that I was working for the government. I don't know if you faced this, but a lot of Bangladeshi parents love it when you work for the government. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my mom was like that. And, um, and prior to working for the government, I was working for some big name companies. Like uh, I worked for Ericsson telecommunications. Um, yeah. So, so it was when I, when I made, this shift she was not happy she wasn't she was happy with the fact that I had started this initiative because you know it spoke to our culture our language and it was really something that I was inspired to do because I myself have children and I was I I grew up in Bangladesh but they're not growing up in Bangladesh and I knew that they'd have a a, you know they have a lot of questions and, and doubts about you know the things that we do as Bengalis um, and, and plus also not knowing the language. So she was happy about that, but she really wanted me to do it on the side. I think that when I, when I finally decided to do this full time, my mother had a discussion with me uh, about um, how this could be a hobby. Perhaps. So uh, yeah, that was, that was the reaction. However, um, my mom um, has been a, a teacher. She's she's a she's a teach, She was a teacher for thirty years, and she retired from teaching recently. And uh, but she's very she's got a lot of energy, and she was looking for something to do. So I've involved my mom in my oh, business. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that really helped her understand. Um, yeah, just just how difficult it is to do to, to start a business first of all, and um, and she values. The, the work we're putting into it and, and the type of books we're creating as well. Um, so I think 
I think she's she's pretty happy with me. Uh, all that to say, though, that I still I think there's a little bit of pressure that you know I should still be a little bit successful with it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's kind of the reaction from from my from my mom at least. My dad has been um, you know pretty encouraging, but um, he's also very old school in his thought process. So he thought that well, you know, um, doesn't this restrict you like to just work on Bangla books? And he was kind of correct because initially I had just envisioned like a very very Bengali company like with creating Bangla books, but that's not what we're doing right now because we're trying to tap into like the American market, like the school market, the library market. So yeah, so that was, it was always um, my mom, a bit of fearful reaction and my dad, like very practical. So <laughs> that's, that's been the response. So yeah, so it, it is a very niche market. Children's books is a niche market. And then, um, so you're, you're so what, what kind of, uh, what kind of other cultures are you tapping into in, in the types of books uh, you, you're creating? Uh, right now, I'm only tapping into um, uh, two, two, two essentially. One is the um, one is for uh, like any, anybody with Bengali heritage or anybody interested in the language or the culture. Uh, and you'd be surprised; it's not just it's not just Bangladeshi buying buying our stuff. And there's a there are various people out there who just learn the language and for their own reasons um, and they're interested in the culture perhaps they lived in India or Bangladesh uh, the other market that we're trying to tap into is really the English diverse market that exists in in, in America and other English speaking countries um, this is basically I mean it's sad that you have to have um, a category of books called diverse because it tells you that that most of the books, children's books that are released out there are really catering to um, a white majority. Uh, so, so you don't get to see a lot of different perspectives. You, so anytime there is books with featuring children of different colors or uh, featuring um, cultures that are uh, not Western American or Western European, it really gets pitted into the, um, uh, the diverse books genre. So that is one area that, I, that we've really worked hard to tap into. And, um, and you know, we, we have been fairly successful there because we, we're, we're selling to schools right now. Although... <laughs> Since obviously since coronavirus and that's that stopped completely, like orders have stopped. But um, that that was that was one way to mitigate how niche it was initially. And mind you, like if I if I started this company fully in Bangladesh, it wouldn't be niche because the entire country obviously speaks Bangla, and um, even our books, which are very Bengali themed, I mean they're therefore the majority, but I'm based in the United States. So that posed a problem for me. And this is why we really try to uh, be very um, uh, universal with our stories. Uh, the other cultures, uh, we haven't specifically tried to tap into any other culture other than Bengali. However, we are trying to come up with titles that are very multicultural. So it could be one, one book or one set of flashcards that caters to many different cultures. And we're seeing that that's working out for us as well. Like, um, like for example, we have a set of flashcards um, that features um, 26 different countries and that sells really well on Amazon. Um, and I can't really pinpoint the exact market who's buying it because everybody is buying it. Like, for example, I can pinpoint who's buying our Bengali stuff, like, you know, um, like even down to like the demographic is, is very clear to me. But when it's multicultural, it's, it's a really broad range of people who would, who would buy that. And, and anybody who really is not absolutely mainstream so you could be from india you could be from russia it doesn't matter so that's another so we're trying to do be very multicultural where it's where one title is catering to different um different cultures or we're trying to cater to diverse which is english titles but telling stories from other parts of the world yeah, yeah absolutely so the, what are some of the other distribution channels you mentioned amazon what are some other channels you use 
So uh, we uh, so we sell on Amazon. Um, although uh, what I figured out as a small business is that um, it's much better to sell from my site because Amazon's fulfillment uh, it it it's quite. I mean, you really don't get very much for each. Uh, item you sell really uh, yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's cutthroat so um so we try to so i try to sell more on my website right now uh the other channel is um is a school wholesale system called Follett school solutions and they're they've been around for more than 100 years so that was really great making that connection and the other channels we sell through is are all in bangladesh we we've been selling at arong which i don't know if you're familiar with arong yes, but yes of course yes Right, they're they're massive um, and they're just a big part of the fabric of of you know the Bangladeshi landscape. So since we started selling there, our sales in Bangladesh have have, have been pretty pretty decent. So these are um, and then we also sell through various other retail channels in Bangladesh, and we're trying to get into another one called Rokomari, which uh, which is completely um, uh, e-commerce based. So yeah, we're I think it's just you know starting a business. It's just. Uh, it's sometimes it's a grind, so you know you kind of like chip away at it, and that's that's what we're doing. But uh, but I knew this going into it that it would be like a slower process, and you know, we uh, uh, because we're also not like I, I'm trying not to break the bank either. Like so, we we're, we try to run this on like a very small budget, and you know that means that we kind of chip away at it and get you know whichever distribution we get, we take care of it. So that that's what's been going on, and of course there's a lot more out there, so we're trying to tap into so. The idea is to sell as much as you can. How, how did you learn the business? Uh, I mean, there's so much more involved to it. I, I'm sure you knew uh, from your corporate world a little bit about the marketing piece. or um, but how, What about just like just the back end, like printing? Um, uh, um, how, what did you learn all, all of that stuff? Honestly, uh, I just jumped like headfirst into it. Um, there's this, and, and it came with making a lot of mistakes. I think it was good that I was a bit naive to start with. I yeah. think I'm just much wiser now, like a couple of years into it. But in the beginning, um, I, uh, I just like, I, for the first step was to reach into my, um, my personal network and find out like, okay, who, who do I know who like know someone who has a printing company. And I decided to really focus on Bangladesh because I come from there. I have friends there. I have family there. Uh, my, my dad has a business there. Like my mom was a teacher there for many years. So, uh, so it was easier for me to tap into this huge community of people that I knew, um, even among the friends that I had, uh, one friend owned a printing company and, um, the school that I went to Scholastica, they have their own printing. So I actually reached out to, um, to, uh, the principal's daughter who's running Scholastica now. And she was really lovely. She helped me. Um, she kind of helped me set me up with her, their, their printing company. And that's how I started. So w- then once I, once I printed in Bangladesh and then I, I, I worked with shipping companies it was very frustrating. I, I felt like I didn't have a lot of answers. So then the first contact that I came up with, I would be like, oh, okay, this is it. But now I know a couple of years into it, I would never just jump right into and work with a vendor like that. Like you really have to just, you know, do your research and, and search, you know, search for maybe at least three or four and find out like, you know, the best price. And yeah. So in the beginning, I just went with whoever came my way um, uh, through my personal networks and then, uh, eventually we realized that printing in China is just hugely better in quality. Um, 
so yeah, so we, you know, we've just wisened up a bit, but that's how, that's how it started. I mean, I think I was just, I just jumped headfirst into it and, and, and eventually I ended up making mistakes, which cost me money. And I wasn't very happy with, I was very demoralized with that, but that's been my process. I'm sure every entrepreneur has a very different process. So yeah. <laughs> but is, is COVID uh, changing the uh, uh, plans in China? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, but not necessarily how you think it might. Um, our printer in China uh, is still working. They're up and running. Um, they said that they had a lot of cancellations, obviously. So, uh, but, but they're very um, agile. Like they, they started like, you know, selling masks. Like, so I was very impressed. <laughs> they, wow. they, have, they have a very different approach. You live there, right? So, you know, you, I was, well, my wife lived there for, uh, uh, for a while, uh, but I was supposed to live there, but COVID changed things. Uh, my boot camp was canceled, and uh, so we're actually we're actually trying to have our stuff shipped because we can't go back. We have our whole apartment full of stuff shipped. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. I'm curious about uh, having a, a you, you know your books are focused on a lot of it is focused on Bangladeshi's topics are you know Bengali related. Do you receive um, negative feedback from people saying it's not made in Bangladesh? No, I I haven't really. We also we're also pretty present in Bangladesh. So um, I don't know if uh, if they consider it not made in Bangladesh. We we live this dual existence where uh, where we we go to like Boimela. Do, do you know what that is? Like yes, that's yes, the, yes. Yep. So we go to Boimela. We've been there. This, this is the first time we've been here, been there because it's hard to get in. Um, we, uh, we do like the, there's another called uh, Dhaka Lit Fest. We, we, we've done that. Uh, we've tried to be in both places at the same time. I haven't really received any negative feedback. I do know that when we tried to get into Boimela, they actually placed us in um, the Probashi uh, corner, which means that um, uh, people living abroad, like Bangladeshi mm. living abroad. Yeah. Uh, where, whereas there was a huge children's area, like there was a field full of children's book publishers. It would have been nice to be there, but um, but clearly we're not a Bangladeshi company because I'm actually registered in the state of California. Mm. So so yeah, and, and mostly like when we were there, there were television um, crews who came and interviewed us. It was, it was very positive. I really haven't received any negative feedback. And I also like as a, like as a, as a business person and um, sort of as um, like a, a, you know, I'm doing something for the community. I try to be very, very genuine with, with why I started this. And the reason was very personal that I grew up in Bangladesh, but my children are growing up here. I'd really like for my children and for other kids to, to know about where they come from and to understand that there are different perspectives, to know a little bit about the language. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really positive so far. If there are negative feedback, I mean, it didn't, it didn't come to us. No, and, and I, I don't have a negative feedback on it. I was just curious because it's something that I'm struggling with myself because as Boney grows, we've, you know, we've had some ideas for products and services and uh, products, sorry. And practically, it's just, you know, just in the terms of pricing, it just makes sense that it would come from China. But then we have um, members of the team that express the opinion that, oh, you know, we're Bengalis in New York, it shouldn't be, be made in Bangladesh. But just the pricing, it just makes it so difficult uh, for, not, for it not to be from China. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Just, I, I think I misunderstood your question. You were, uh, you were referring to made in China versus made correct. in... Correct. 
Okay, Correct. okay. I was talking about the publishing company being in the United States. Um, oh, well, uh, we the stuff we sell in Bangladesh are are, are made in Bangladesh. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the one the the to be really honest with you, the um, the book that the books that we're trying to sell to the school system, we've we've made that in China. Um, okay. Just because really, like we 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 can't go wrong with the quality there. I mean, there's just a very high standard here, yeah. um, and we also sell we also do uh, Bangladeshi printing. But um, the the rate at which we have to discard a lot of um, a lot of the products because they're damaged or you know not made properly is quite high. So it's more of a business decision than anything else, and people will respect that when they know because um, you know everybody's trying to survive, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I completely get that. How do you um, identify authors for your books? Yeah, yeah, well, we have a submissions process, and we post it on our website, and we get we we get a lot of emails through through that. Uh, we we are not focusing on on acquiring a lot of titles right now, only because we're very new. We're still trying to figure out the market, and um, I I don't come from the publishing world, so it's been a very steep. Um, learning curve for me and um, we can't like every title we work on we invest quite a bit of money in it and we try to make it really good quality and it takes a lot of time so uh, we haven't we actually haven't acquired um, any of the titles that that have been randomly submitted to us through our website Uh, but um, once I figure out more of the distribution and you know create more channels and we're selling more uh, that's one one area I will tap into just kind of um uh, putting it out there a bit more, but right now I haven't had to do anything. It's just come to us because we exist as a publisher, and if anybody has a story to tell, they know who to. If they know about us, they they reach out to us. That's how it's been happening. In the future, I envision like um, you know setting up contests, perhaps if if I if I want to get like you know stories from a certain area of Bangladesh, perhaps or somewhere else. Like I I it would be a more proactive than it is now. What what do people usually get wrong about publishing? Like, do authors ever come to you with complete misconceptions about what it's you know, what it's like to publish a book? Yeah, I think the the biggest misconception or just lack of uh, understanding about it is is that publishing is a business like anything else. And um, what a lot of big publishers do is that they they publish books either by celebrities or um, on topics that are trending. Like so. Um, their biggest their biggest concern is of course to 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 create amazing titles that speak to their brand that's true but also uh they have to sell they need to sell their the books that they make so i think a lot of people have ideas that perhaps they've um they think that it it might work within their communities but if it the publisher has a very different perspective and it's sometimes it's a very, very business and corporate perspective. So that's, that's one thing that I feel that a lot of authors, I mean, it would be good if they, um, there are a lot of books on this topic as well, that they, if they, and it's called like the business of publishing, like they have titles like that. So that's something that it would be good for authors to know that. So they know like from the, it's almost like knowing what the, what, what is needed at the very last end of it, which the last end means that it's in a bookshelf, in a bookstore and a customer has picked it up and bought it and from there work backwards i mean it, it is good like it's it's always good to have amazing ideas that you want to write about but it's very important to know what goes into actually uh, making this engine work because if the books didn't sell a publisher w- couldn't exist so that's one thing the business of publishing i 
think is is something that needs like more um, yeah education for authors for sure. Yeah, I was really uh, excited and proud when I found you uh, on on Instagram. I mean, I, I had never heard of um, you know a publishing company in the U.S. you know owned and operated by a Bengali person. Have you come across any other South Asian publishing companies? Thanks so much for that. Um, uh, yes, uh, I have come across other South Asian um, publishing companies. There's one called Desi Babies, and uh, it is owned by um, uh, Indian Indian American uh, uh, woman. She she looks really amazing. I, I haven't spoken to her or met her, but I do follow them. Um, and they create books um, inspired by India. Uh, a lot of it is, um, you know, there has the theme is about Hinduism because obviously that's a big part of where they come from. Mm. And the festivals of India or, or just, um, you know, growing up, uh, uh, Indian, Indian American children growing up here, born here. Uh, so that's one. There is one in, um, in the Bay Area, so very close to where I live, uh, called uh, Kitab World. Um, unfortunately, they've sort of um, closed down. They were focusing on all the South Asian countries, which was incredible to me. And they started as, um, as, a, as a bookstore. So they were accumulating all the titles that already existed out there. So they were selling my books, for example. Um, and and they, they, it included like books from Burma, India, um, Sri Lanka. So it was really incredible how, how they had just tapped into like all the South Asian countries. And I'm sad to see that they're not um, existing anymore. However, the ladies who were doing it, they've now, uh, I think, started different ventures. Like, for example, one of the founders, she's now blogging. She was Muslim. So she's blogging about um, Muslim children's books and, and you know, working, on, working with schools and, and uh, review publication magazines to, to come up with lists that, that would help teachers. So yeah, so I mean, they're still in it, but uh, but not exactly in that format. So th- those are two companies that I know about. Um, there, there's a lot more, like there are smaller companies that are doing this, but mostly Indian. Mm. Yeah, and, and there's this book that my wife always gets for uh, new babies. Um, you know, it's called My First Islamic Book or My First Quran Book. And it's literally, she's gotten it for tw- like 20 of our friends that have had babies so it's and it's like a staple and they love it and i know and i one of the things that i said earlier and i've noticed when we've gone back to people's houses they you know put it up as decorations which is really nice nice to see and that's one thing about physical books that you know that had that that's uh uh that has over digital books is that it can be decoration it could just be like a showpiece too right i mean um do you prefer to read physical books versus uh ebooks yeah, so because we're doing children's books, I do absolutely prefer. I I don't believe in screens for kids at all. Um, so um, my oldest daughter is um, eleven, and my youngest one is five. So when and I was fairly young when I had my older daughter, like relatively, like I was like twenty four, and you know it was none of my friends had kids at that time, and it was hard for me. So I used to give her, I used to give her my phone all the time, and and I I really saw. Or, I mean, now that she's grown up, like you know. I, I really saw the negative effects of the screen on children. Like they, it's really addicting and I don't feel like they get any value out of it at all. Um, and I see like how much value, like just reading together because reading a book with a child is a, is, is a, is a very intimate and fulfilling activity and both the parent, the caregiver and the child get a lot out of it. Um, and because I have two kids and, you know, I've been reading picture books to them for a very long time, like, you know, for a decade, more than a decade, right? Um, I know the positive benefits of um, 
of, of, of something like this, like something where children can just look at pictures and, and understand the story. Like it's just, it's immense. And so I'm a true believer for children, definitely physical books for adults. I mean, whatever's convenient for you. It's, it's, it's really, it's not a, it's not an issue, but although some people really love the aspect of picking up a book and smelling it and reading it, uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard that. But for me, if I were to read uh, now, um, just adult literature um i think convenience would be a, a big factor for me i would go for ebooks but not for children yeah that makes sense you know unfortunately with the screens it just becomes a form of babysitting you know sometimes yeah. parents need a break and they you know give the child a screen for 10 uh, half an hour just to get a break but i i absolutely agree with you i noticed it with my my nephews that you know, a little too much screen is definitely a negative a uh, little too much screen time and they actually enjoy i you know when i've tried to read to my nephews um and one is six and one is four they actually do enjoy uh being read to and i i, I you know i think especially at night i think i don't yeah. think that's gone away even though the, even though they have access to screens they still like being read to yeah yeah and it's like anything else it's it's something that you like once you learn it it you realize that it's oh th- this is quite a cool activity and i say this because like i said you know when when i became a mother uh with my first one i i didn't quite do that and that's something i sort of missed out on and and then when i realized it i was like oh wow uh, yeah I, I went all out and just created a publishing company <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your what's your favorite children's book uh, do you mean from when I was young or? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, when I was young, I was growing up in Bangladesh and there, I, we had access to some classics. I remember that when I was eight years old, I, I, I didn't speak any very good English, uh, you know, because I was in Dhaka and growing up there and I picked up a sleeping beauty. And I, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, so there were a lot of classics there. However, the books that come out in the Western world for children are just incredible. They're amazing. And, and picture books are, are very different. Um, see, even the one I was reading when I was eight years old, it was, it was more like a chapter book. There were some illustrations, but there was a lot of text. Picture books are not like that. There's, there's very little text and the text and the pictures tell the story together. And, and this is, um, this is really beneficial for the, for a young child who hasn't started reading yet because they get a a lot of agency like they have they feel so much autonomy right like they're able to they're able to read this through the visuals so yeah so I'm, i mean a big part of what i do is also introducing this in bangladesh i mean not not to say that there aren't good books in bangladesh there are some publishers doing some really nice stuff but the kind of books that come out in the west i mean there's a lot of thought and money and and you know like design uh, everything and even early childhood education um skills like a lot of stuff going into these books so that's kind of what I'm working on like I, I want to emulate this but um, but then I uh, you know but then I also want to like keep in mind like you know what what um, like certain parts of our culture and and I don't want to cater too much to to this industry because this industry is, is very set the publishing industry in the West and there are certain ways you do things and I don't necessarily have to do things that way but I but I but I want to take all the good away from it as well so uh, yeah that, that's that's my two cents on that yeah um i used to i don't even remember the story but i remember when i was a kid my favorite uh children's book was there's a book called the one in the middle is a green kangaroo i don't i remember loving like when we had to read it but i I don't remember the story but i just remember the feeling i got from reading it i think that's the beauty of it too it's the feeling you get from reading it reading or being read to uh, a particular book without even remembering remembering the actual story 
Exactly, exactly. And those childhood memories are so much like that. It's just a smell or a visual. So, and I remember that the, the first book I read, that English book, was pink. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, listen, um, uh, good luck with uh, your company and its growth. Um, we'll be obviously um, you know, looking out for whatever else you have going on. Um, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Okay, great. Okay, I'll I'll cut off this part. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Um, so I'll send you a um, I'll send you uh, I'll obviously edit some, and uh, I will send you the finished version probably in like a week or so. And in the meantime, if you can find a picture, uh, front facing picture, that'd be great. Sure, um, sure. Do you, do you want um, a picture of just me or or one with the with the other founder as well? She lives in you. London. I think uh, just you. I don't. We don't. Most of our people look at pictures. It's just usually single pictures. Got it. Okay. And, but but we can have another picture. Like a second picture can be like a team picture if you'd like. But okay. the prime picture, um, because the podcast is with you, I'd like the first picture to be just you. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, Great. And um, yeah, I think that's it. And then let me know when you want to touch base about the um, about the book. Uh, and I'll, yeah. I'll like I said, I'll jot down more themes that I can think of. Yes, please, please D- dig into all those thoughts you had when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All those con- confusing thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is okay. great. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. always in my thoughts. I gotta be honest. With diamonds and pearls. Yeah, yeah. Bengal is in New York. All over the world. Uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live.